Hey, everybody. Drew Romenda here. You're listening to another podcast from Teal Town, USA. Hey everybody, what's good? Welcome to show 126 of the Pucknologists here on Teal Town USA. I am your host, AJ underscore strong at the end of a horrible weekend for the Sharks. Joining me tonight, Rocket Backhander. Hey, what's up? And just making it home in time, Hockey Jerk. Yeah, I uh, I asked the pilot on my plane um, if, if there was a... If there was a spot where I could I could I could plug my computer in, they said no, so I had to come home. <laughs> how how unfortunate! Uh, but did you at least pick up any cool shirts when when you were traveling? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, I think you might have picked up one. <laughs> wow, interesting. That's a that's a different way to go, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Are you trying to say something? Uh. Interpret it however you see fit. Okay, well, that probably wasn't the shirt he actually picked up. I think we know the shirt he really picked up. There you go. Okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what. He was asking everybody if they were up. Mm. I'm just saying, seven goals in three games against the same team? (laughs) I think he likes playing them. I, I think so. So anyway, we should probably get going here. <laughs> hey, do us a favor. Remember to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, whatever, we'd appreciate a subscribe and review on those platforms. And if you'd like to support the show, you can always use that super chat option during the live gig or better yet, toss a little something in our Venmo tip jar at Teal Town USA. And of course, as always, we thank you for the support. If you ever miss a show, want to catch it again, it's always available on your favorite podcast platform, on YouTube, and at Teal Town USA. So, this time around, oh boy, it's... Hmm. We're going to talk about Tim Peel getting early retirement from the NHL. Uh, find out why Matthew Kachuk and Rasmus Anderson are dicks and changes to the NHL draft lottery. But first, let's get into the Sharks game this week. A week for the Sharks where they played four games and took a four point total out of a possible eight scoring eight goals allowing 12 remaining seventh in the west and after 33 games played they're eight points out of a playoff spot so let's catch you up the first one in LA Couture and Donato give the Sharks a 2-1 win with Jones and Nett Couture's first goal in eight games Donato got his fifth of the year and second in three games and let's be honest the story of this one was Curtis Gabriel acting like a moron cross-checking Curtis McDermott during warm-ups. Punk move. Punk, punk move. I'm glad he got fined. And you don't want to see somebody get hurt, but, you know, I I, I didn't exactly shed any tears about Curtis McDermott uh, feeding him his lunch, let's say. <laughs> Dude, that was, like, why? Just why? Well, because, you know, there's no other redeeming quality so you got to stand out somehow Ugh, 
Well, it's another game where the Sharks take more than double the penalties of the opposing team. Uh, at the end of this one, though, quick pulled for the extra attacker the final minute. The Sharks withstand an onslaught, but man, does Jones owe Ferraro a dinner for saving his ass. Uh, you know, 41 saves. That 41st one, that was on Ferraro. And uh, it just makes me wonder, man, why are these games for Jones the exception and not the rule? <laughs> Come on, man. I'm sorry, 40 save game for any goalie is the exception. Oh, hold on. Who who was it that was making like big saves now? Who that would just hold on. Wasn't it the cat from Winnipeg? Uh, are you talking about Connor Hellebuck? Yeah. Didn't he like have a stretch where he was just like making 40 saves after 40 saves? Yeah, well, that I mean, there's a couple teams like that where it's like you know, they have this elite Vesna caliber goaltender who's not going to, you know, they're not going to let in any goals, like you said, but for some reason the team in front of them allows a bunch of shots, you know? Like, it's like, you know, you just go back to when Mike Smith was on Arizona. He Chief Who? regularly Chief regularly had like a 9-10, 9-20 percentage. His goals against was like over three. For that exact reason, like, like he would, he'd let in five goals, but he would make like 50 saves a night. Jesus. Well, uh, like I said, prior to the game, Gabriel cross checks McDermott and the next day Gabriel got a three K fine. Bugner got a five K fine and the Sharks got a 25 K fine. Those are not fine fines that you want to hear about, but, uh, let's hear from Bob Bugner finding out about his fine. <laughs> that's a good question i was having a coffee in the coaches room i didn't even know what was happening um i don't know i i guess you know i guess the buck stops here and and uh, i'm the head coach and uh, i'm responsible for my players is more than you know i i guess in anything so uh i was surprised by it by you know i accept it and it is what it is we'll move from we'll move on from it but uh um yeah i uh, i guess i uh <laughs> i have to rethink my my warm-up routines so we're going to rethink the warm-up routines. Okay, sounds fine. I, I'm starting to wonder if we're not going to see much more Gabriel anymore, but who knows. Uh, game two versus LA. It's a 4-2 win. Balsers, Kane, and Hurdle are your goal scorers. Uh, speaking of Gabriel coming out, he sat out this one. Suamela comes in. Jones with his third straight start Just... four games. And um, you had something, Rocket? Nope. Okay. Uh, took the Sharks 16 minutes to get their third shot on goal. And the power play looked like dog shit. All passing. Sorensen sucked ass in the first period. Delay of game. A neutral zone turnover uh, to a th to lead to a three-on-one. <laughs> but then in the second frame, Sorensen redeems himself. Has a give-and-go with Balsers for Rudy's third of the season. Um, Kane from Burns and LeBanc goes 2-0. Uh, both goals coming in from t in tight on Peterson's right side. Uh, in the final seconds, I follow would tip a shot past Jones. You can't blame Jones there on those tip shots. Um, then 21 seconds into the third, Kane gets his second of the night, and you, you're feeling pretty good about this, especially when a minute later, Hurdle gets his ninth of the season. Uh, Kempe would get one back as EK65 failed to clear the crease. And for me, my notes on this one is this was another soft game from EK, in my opinion. There was a point where he tried to be real flashy at the blue line, ended up turning it over by himself 
<laughs> it's like just just play simply. Just stop it. Just stop it. Uh, the second straight game where the Sharks allowed over 40 shots on goal. Uh, but recently, Jones said, I'm not thinking. I'm just playing. These last two games against L.A., I'm like, not thinking. Dude, did you get a lobotomy? Because you are killing it for those two games. Yeah, well, what, 80, what is it, 83 saves on 86 shots or something like that? Yeah, something ridiculous. Like, you know, we we spent most of last week talking about how Jones has lost the net and he needs to be you know, jettison to the sun, and then here he comes back, and, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit, but even those games against Arizona, I mean, you're going to see a bad goal here and there, but, like, he's just been, he's been on it, to your point, this last week, and, I mean, if the Sharks want to do anything of substance beyond this year, I mean, they're going to need him to to be on it more often than not, and so, I know, you know, it's it's one week with four games in it, but I, I liked seeing, you know, and even going back to those games he started last week or the week before, the consistency, you know, where even if he's not in the net for, what, two, three, four games, he can come back in and it, and he doesn't look rusty. Mm-hmm. And coming in from Finn on the chat, says, Jones seems to do this every time he gets on everyone's nerves. <laughs> like that annoying friend that busts your balls and then says, kidding, and makes it up to you. That's a fair way to put it. I like yeah. it. My, you know, I, I, I just liked from this game, especially the second game against LA, where how many times have we seen the Sharks allow a goal going into an intermission and then everything just sort of falls off the rails? So mm-hmm. I liked the fact that, you know, they let in a goal from Aya Fallow at the end of the second. And if you watched the first game against LA, you just you had a feeling Aya Fallow was going to break it, break out at some point. I mean, Jones is, was regularly taking goals away from him. So not really a surprise there. But then to see the Sharks come out and get two quick ones to start the third period, that's, I mean, that's how you want them to play, right? Where it's like, okay, you scored one on us and that's great, but, you know, we're going to get two more and we're going to make you keep working for it. So I liked that the Sharks didn't get rattled by letting in a goal so close to the end of the period. Well, at the end of this game, I actually uh, asked Coach following the game about Jones seeing all this rubber. Hey, Bob, uh, this is the second straight game that the Sharks have given up over 40 shots on goal. Are you concerned about the amount of rubber that Jones is seeing? No, I, I, I never really worry about shot totals, to be honest. I, you know, we go through the analytics after the game and tomorrow morning and look at, you know, passes to the slot, inner slot chances against, uh, you know, second and third opportunities around that, those kind of things. We knew LA coming in and, and we've, you know, they've been like this for years. They sling a lot of pucks to the net and, uh, and they go to the net hard and they're looking, you know, for second and third opportunities around the net and they got great sticks. They're heavy around the blue paint. So we knew that going in, we knew we were going to face a lot of shots and, uh, um, Jonesy did a great job of handling rebounds. And when we didn't, uh, you know, when there was a second and third opportunity, I thought Jonesy was big. So clearly coach digging what he's bringing. Uh, and of course the story of this one being Couture taking the butt end of Carter's stick to the face towards the end of this one. And Carter got two minutes, uh, but league didn't even bother to look at it. They said, Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't care. I I think in that case, it was just, it was a hockey hit that just had an unintentional consequence. You know, I don't, yeah. I took, if you know, I, I've seen some people on, 
on Reddit, you know, saying, oh, <laughs> should have got five games. A, this, yeah, this is a hit job. And it's like, OK, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Back the truck I, up. I think as a fan, you are not allowed to have more PTSD about get Logan Couture getting hit in the face <laughs> than Logan Couture does. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah, brave opinion, you know. <sighs> so. We move on to a pair versus Arizona, and geez, Louise, did the Sharks need these? Coming in, they're like, what, 30 points? Arizona's at 33, and it's kind of like, boys, we'll pull both of these off. All of a sudden, you're starting to look actually like the idea of the playoffs are not so far-fetched. So what do you do? You go out there and lay two eggs and get shut out in one of them <laughs> to a to an AHL goaltender. <laughs> At least it wasn't a Zamboni driver. Oh, solid point. Um, so, yeah, Aiden Hill gets the start in a 5-2 loss. Um, just the Couture was a game-time decision but ended up playing. Uh, the big story of this, of course, was that John Madden was finally behind the bench. <laughs> <laughs> That was the big story. It's like he finally got his paperwork and blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, on my notes here, it's like Dvorak scores first, catching LeBanc and EK65 out of position. Uh, and the second hurdle ties it with a shorty in the first three minutes. Uh, Schmaltz give, gave Arizona the lead on a shot. Burns got absolutely torched. Um, Burns gives it away to Dvorak in the third. Now it's 3-1. Hunt makes it 4-1. Uh Bugner challenged that for some odd reason because I guess the Sharks felt like they needed more practice on the PK. Uh, Kessel makes it 5-1, and after Jones throwing up a great streak of games, not so much. Uh, Marlowe did get a second of the season on the power play, and Schmaltz would end up getting fined for boarding Schimmick in this one. Uh, but, boy, this was a game where I thought Burns looked horrible. Yeah, couple. I mean, like like you said, a couple couple brutal giveaways from Burns. Like you said, I uh, yeah, I thought just I don't know. This is one of those games where it's like like you said, you're expecting them, you're hoping, you're wanting them to kind of pick it up and say, okay, get two points here, stay in the hunt, you know, and 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 try and make it a game. And <laughs> you look at the final score. I mean, it was a brutal game, especially. You know, right after it seems like right after Hurdle's shorthanded goal, it was kind of just okay, and that was it, wrapped up. But the only real takeaway I had from this one, I mean, aside from Aiden Hill looking really good, um, yeah, man, you know, I saw Schmaltz put Shimmick down, and uh, the first thing that popped in my head is, you know, uh oh, <laughs> here we on, go, put on put on the seatbelt, here comes the sheriff, and 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 sure enough. <laughs> You know that I I didn't really have a lot of takeaways from this game. All I did was, <laughs> oh man, the defense was in, did not make the trip. No. Yeah, a uh, little sus. <laughs> Just a scotch. Um, but the another thing that seemed to be a storyline was about why aren't the Sharks generating offense earlier? You know, we mentioned that previous games against LA they had gone stretches without getting a shot on goal early in the game um ended up being kind of a storyline on the week but uh following this game versus Arizona I asked Hurdle about generating offense early and how he felt about getting his 300th NHL point 
Yeah, Tomash, uh, the second straight game where the Sharks have had trouble generating offense in that first period. It's the third straight game where the Sharks have been outshot. Are you concerned about generating offense early in games to start them off? Yeah, it's, you know, we always kind of fall asleep, you know, and and our team, you know, they come more hungry, you know, we always waiting and and waiting for the games. We should be a you know, team, you know, we, we should jump on them and, and they should play our game. But in the last couple, like, like you just say, last three games, they we always waiting for our teams to do it. And after we play with them, but should be either way. And and it's, it's very, very better when we jump, if we do some chances and outscore them. And But we, we don't just did it, you know. And thank you just for Jonesy was last couple of games, keep us in the play. How does it feel to get your 300th NHL point? <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's nice, you know, for me, it was a long way, you know, it's kind of to get there, but I'm, you know, looking more for 500 games. So hopefully uh, I will get there this, this year because, you know, it's uh, with my injuries and stuff, I'm just, you know, happy and uh, just be healthy and playing the game. I hope you had your hurdle Dakota ring. <laughs> Dude, okay, you asked him about his 300th point, and he kind of he laughed, and he sort of looked to the side. Dude, oh, totally gave me like that, okay, who is this guy I'm answering questions for? <laughs> 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 like, he, he was... Yeah, like, I think he was ready to show you what was up. Yeah, no, he was ready <laughs> like, to have who me. Is who is the like, schmo? Who is this guy? Yeah. No, well, you know what, though? Um... The funny thing is, though, as I've seen that happen from a lot of other people when they're asking questions, because evidently it's been kind of a thing where guys will kind of goof off, you know, behind the camera, and you'll you'll see their eyes kind of darting a little bit like that. Uh, but yeah, it did definitely come off. It's like, okay, who's this slap dick asking me this three hundred point question? <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. Um, Finally, we move on to the final game, which is a shutout uh, and not in a good way. <laughs> uh, Marlowe ties Messier for games played. Dubnik comes back in uh, along with Gabriel after Schmidt getting drilled the night before. Uh, maybe yep. put, put on your seatbelt. It's going to be a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that talk about generating offense early helped because the Sharks outshot Arizona 17-9 in the first. Uh, but then Keller scores, and then what happens? Shortly after, Gabriel and Hayden each get two for hugging. I think they called it roughing. Uh, and then, what was it? There was like, uh, what, Hayden got two more for, somebody got an extra two for uh, instigating. Or, I don't know. It was so silly. Uh, but the Sharks go more than nine minutes without a shot on goal, then give up a power play goal. Uh, Gabriel has a stupid hit. Five-minute major, interference, misconduct, um, I mean, I get you want to na make a name for yourself, but you don't have to go full Rafi Torres. Um, Kessel ends up getting uh, a hat trick. Uh, Bugner would make a, another challenge in the second consecutive game and lose the second consecutive challenge. Uh, notes on this, Randy and Hetty calling out Meyer for not finishing his checks. Oof. Good. It's about time. Like, I don't get me wrong, I love Timo Meyer, but it's like you look at the contract, you look at what he's done in the NHL already and what he can do. Like, he's, and don't get me wrong, he's played well. The stats would bear that point out, but you need more from him all about. You need more goals, you need the physicality. Like, it's, it's just, it's not been, you need better shots. You know, it, it's just not been there all year. And 
he he is a guy who who was famously late to the party when it comes to scoring goals. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe in the last 15 games he's got 15 goals and we all shut up about it. But you know, and and until then, it's he leaves you wanting he leaves you wanting more, as they say. Well, and how many games did Rocket watch Meyer like not focus on scoring goals, but just losing his shit? <laughs> Quite some time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a little bit of a temper tantrum problem there for a minute. Now he's just disinterested. Yeah. Well, especially, and you know, like Rocket and I were that, that second lead, second year of the Barracuda, like Rocket and I were practically at every game and it was like, true. Oh, Timo Meyer penalty, set your watch. What time <laughs> is it? You know? So true. God. <laughs> uh, funny note about this one. Kessel has scored in every game that Arizona's played versus the Sharks this season. Six, Good for him. Six of his 14 goals on the year have come against San Jose. Maybe maybe think about, I don't know, covering that dude a little more. I don't know. Could He's happen. good, though. Like, it's, like it's, there's got to be some sort of weird thing every year. And I would rather it be Phil Kessel than Sidney Crosby. I'd rather it be a good player than a not good player. <laughs> Are you saying Phil Kessel isn't a good hockey player? No, 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 I'm I no, to your point, like yeah. like you say, okay. like, like okay, could you imagine you're, you're, if it was Curtis Gabriel type player doing this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Up, yeah, four goals in four games, you know, like I'm glad it's Kessel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the very least he's a good player where it's like, Yeah, all right, well oh, that was bound to happen. But yeah, if it's like you <laughs> she, know, it, she's if good, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you're if you're rolling in to play the LA Kings and you know, Brendan Lemieux is having a night regularly. It's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I just, I don't know. Just here? looking at this, just the the thing in this game, and I mean, it's four to zero, right? So it's kind of a kind of hard to say. Well, maybe if this was different, or maybe if that was different. But I mean, you know, you got Shimmick clearing the puck over the glass, Balser's trip, Balser's hold. You know, you got Vlasic slash. You just got a lot of brutal unnecessary penalties you know these there are situations where you know you're not in danger of being scored on you're not in danger of losing the puck they're just weird times to take a penalty very sloppy yeah rocket and i it just makes you wonder how the game would have gone if it wasn't you know a parade to the penalty box for the sharks and yeah you know i'm sure we'll get into it later but the like you said aj the gabriel penalty is just you know, like I wouldn't even say that that was a late hit because for it to be a late hit, the puck had to have been there at some point. And if you look at the replay, the puck was not there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even so understand that. There was nothing to be late for. <laughs> yeah, at some point, it's like you're not protecting the team, bro. You're hurting him. Stop it. Yeah, you're you're trying. Yeah. yeah, you're. It's like oh, AJ always say. You know, it's like. You're trying to build your brand as opposed to the brand. Exactly. That is 100,000% correct. Because every time he gets talked about, then people start talking about him and noticing him and all the charities and benefits and nonprofits that he's like trying to push. <laughs> Very actively right now, I might I might add, too. Because he's actually in the NHL right now. That might not last for much longer. <laughs> so, like, he's kind of using the Sharks as, like, a social media platform <laughs> to boost his off-ice career, which is well, the most <laughs> surreal thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, and I don't know, Rocket, I don't know if you listened to um, 
when he was on John Scott's podcast, but John Scott was basically like, oh, I uh, can't wait till you start your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So over the four games, uh, you know, two of the four Sharks did score first. So, okay, take that as a positive, I suppose. But they were outshot in three of four of them, a minus 28 goal differential. Or, I'm sorry, goal differential, shot differential. Uh, the power play for the Sharks, one for eight. The PK, 16 for 18. So mm, you look at that and you go, well, hey, solid numbers on the PK. But I'm sorry, what? You had eight power plays and you had to kill 18? Yikes. Stop taking penalties. I'm tired. <laughs> I That's why they're taking sloppy penalties, because they're exhausted from taking too many penalties. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I just don't understand how the Sharks weren't motivated a little bit more when Arizona's, Arizona's a team you have to beat. But let's get to uh, Jerk's favorite part. After 33 games, the Sharks are 13, 16, and 4 for 30 points. This point last season, after 33, they were 15, 16, and 2, good for 32 points. So right now, current team, two Bri- points worse than last season. Hey, they're bridging the gap. They are? So. You know, we're 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 getting close to proving my uh, my hypothesis true here. Well, after at fifty six last season, they were twenty four, twenty eight, and four. So we'll, we'll that, is a lo- that is a low bar, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so Did you know, if they get twenty five wins this year, it it's over. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> what, the season? No, it's just that he'll have a new T shirt that will announce his you know his knowledge. Which, uh, if if you do some quick math, um, might be a little tough. You know, they got to win. Uh, well, hold what on. is it? They got to win twelve in the next twenty, twenty-two. Yeah, it can happen. It it could. And let me paint you a picture. Uh, paint if, it. if the Sharks get their shit together, they could make a decent push for the playoffs because St. Louis, by the way, who just got beat by Anaheim of all teams. <laughs> Uh, 17 of their remaining 20. They have, St. Louis has also played like more games than anybody else in the division. Uh, well, I think them and Anaheim are right there. But uh, St. Louis, 17 of their remaining 20 are against the top three teams in the division. That's a gauntlet. That, I hope they just keep getting dummied every night. That that's, is, a, that's a car wash full of sledgehammers. Yeah, that <laughs> is a gauntlet. Uh, so St. Louis right there, you have to sit there and just based on scheduling going, Ooh, I don't know that St. Louis is going to make this, uh, conversely, Arizona, 21 games left nine against the top three, and they only have two against Anaheim, but they do have a nine game road trip and Arizona has not been necessarily that great on the road. So you have that to try to take advantage of. Now the tough one is the Kings, who have the path of least resistance. They have 24 games left. Uh, Nine are against the top three, but five are against the Ducks. (laughs) However... (laughs) And if I'm not mistaken, aren't those five games against the Ducks in a row? Just, uh, if they aren't in a row, they're damn close. Are you suggesting that they're going to have all their Ducks in a row? That's exactly what I'm suggesting. <laughs> just wanted to make sure I was reading that correctly. Oh, Jesus. How did I not see that coming? All right. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but they do, the, the Kings do have six more against San Jose. They've already lost the first two. So 
That's huge. Now, as you were saying about San Jose, it's going to be tough. 23 games left, 12 come against the top three teams. Now, four of those uh, of the last six games that they have to play are against Colorado, who by then might not have a whole lot to play for, especially if Vegas kind of runs away with it. I don't know. But the the one thing you're talking about is they, what'd you say, like 12 of 23, they got to pull that out? 15 of their 23 games are at SAP. Yeah, they got 23 games left. And and the, that's the thing, 12 of the final 23 to be better than last year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even guarantee a playoff spot. Right. So. Well, yeah, I but mean, you didn't say playoffs. You just said better. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And 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 as I always say, um, below average is better than far below average. Um, it's good uh, enough for government work. Oh, <laughs> hi-yo. Uh, so coming up next week, we got two against the Wild, who are currently third in the division. Ooh, eight, two, and ten. I mean, it was eight, two, and oh over their last ten. Yikes. I was, I was going to say ten? Yeah, how do you they, pull that off? They are, Minnesota Wild, they are nasty at home, too. <sighs> 13 and three at home. Hold on. These games are at SAP, aren't they? Um, They could be. <laughs> Let us confirm. And, and in fact, yes, they are. So, okay. That's a point in our favor. They could still be nasty. You don't know. Yeah. Well, they come into this on a three-game win streak, and they're two and one against the Sharks this season. So, oh, they—they they nasty. We, yeah, we're we're gonna need that Brent Burns that we usually see against the Wild, like cranked up to ten. Following the Wild, the Sharks have back-to-backs against LA. Currently six in the division. They're four, five, and one over their last ten, but they're one, two, and one versus San Jose. So, boys, I mean, it, you, they have to go three or four this week. To try to stay in the mix. Well, not only that, but if you if you flip that calendar over to April, you know the first seven games of April are against either Anaheim or L.A. That's when you need to run it up. <laughs> you right. Four yeah. against L.A., three against Anaheim. You have to run it up there. Oh, anyway. Like you have to. Like yeah. there's yeah. no if you're losing, especially. I mean, L.A. They're good, sure, but especially Anaheim. Like if that game on April the sixth, if you lose that game against Anaheim. I mean, at this point, you're giving away points to everybody. Yeah. You ha- yeah. Oh, train's coming in. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> here comes that wagon that Minnesota is right on time. I know my <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, if they don't run the, the table, or, I mean, you can't go 500 over these games versus L.A. and Anna. Like, you need to pick up points. So Yeah, man, and the Battle of California, San Jose needs to come out on top of this for sure. Yeah. I mean, ideally, ideally in that April start, ideally you would go three and zero against Anaheim and two at one and one or three and one against LA. I mean, ideally. Yeah. Because then that's the thing. Anaheim has good players, but the Sharks shouldn't be losing games against Anaheim. True, but they shouldn't be losing games to LA either, which I think is what makes this whole situation so much more like. Uh, the the stakes are higher, the tension is higher because it's so much more palpable. We can almost taste it. Will it happen? Dun dun dun! You know, like this is right. this is good. I like how this is building. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to our who's hot and who's not. I think this one's real goddamn obvious. Uh, who's hot? The penalty kill. <laughs> 
I mean, last five games, uh, they killed 18 of 22, 82%. They killed, what, seven straight minutes of Arizona? And if, and if that isn't an F you to Vegas, I like, you can do it. <laughs> and we're going to add on two minutes just for funsies. Uh, hurdle. Excuse me. Uh, hurdle. <laughs> three goals, three assists in the last eight games. So uh, looking better than he has. And then, hello, Jones. Since being yanked in the Vegas game three weeks ago, he's had four starts up through those L.A. games, posted a 966 versus the Ducks, Blues, and the two versus L.A. Chief stopped 142 of 147 shots on goal. Um, dude, I mean, hi-yo. Yeah, my, my hot, I mean, it's – you, you pretty much nailed all the big ones. I would say just quickly, like as an aside, I think Donato and um, Balsers, I mean, they've in the, in the four games this week, they each only had one goal, but they are both playing very well in the spots in the lineup that they're in specifically Donato ever since, you know, <laughs> that donut he was putting up for 20 games. He, you know, he got the goal and he's, he's looking better since things. he's been pushed down to the fourth line. That's what I'm saying. He's playing. He's playing better. He's generating more offense. And I just think, same thing. Balsers. Like the offense hasn't really been there aside from that one goal. But I think you watch the way he's played, especially with that um, that hurdle line. He he doesn't seem out of place, which I think is huge because the question mark going into this season that the three of us were all kind of talking about is, who are your top six wingers, and. Balsers looks like a guy who wants to take one of those spots and, you know, the offense is not there. But as I said, he doesn't look out of place. He's not regularly getting piloned. And it's it's something, you know, especially if this team doesn't make the playoffs again, you need developmental things to build on and to look forward to. And, and that's obviously one of them. Uh, let me see. What is this? Jim A in Florida? I'm not sure. Uh, this is Buffalo, 16 points. Anaheim, Ottawa, Detroit, 28 points. Sharks, 30 points. Playoffs? I mean... You're not out until you're out. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we're not guaranteeing anything. We're just... Nope. I mean, look, I hate to invoke the anomaly from a couple seasons ago, but let's at least call, you know, <laughs> there is precedent here. Where, where was St. Louis in January when they won the cup? Like in the cellar? Last place. 31 out of 31. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know. And they got a new coach. And and, and that's the <laughs> thing. Hey, so did the Sharks. John Madden's finally here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. It's very, like you're saying, it's an anomaly. It's very improbable, but it's not impossible. You know what I mean? And And the Sharks, I would argue, are not in the hole that St. Louis is in. <laughs> or St. Louis was in, rather. So We got their numbers. Exactly. You know, and, and, and I will say, uh, around that time, I actually had a friend say to me, don't sleep on the blues. So that is like the ultimate foreseen points. I just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, some recipes just take longer to gel before they're ready than others do. Not everybody can be a one hour cheesecake. That's what I'm saying. You know, sometimes you throw, sometimes you throw it on the grill for 12 minutes and sometimes it's in the crock pot for eight hours. Exactly. Really? We're not devolving into another cooking show. Stop it. Uh, hey, if you don't want an apple, don't shake the tree. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Pop All right. Water bottles, mama's cookies. Yep. 
uh, on the not hot list, uh, the power play. Last five games, one for nine, good for 11%. Despite having the puck in L.A. zone for nearly three quarters of a power play, they got off one shot because they were too busy practicing fancy drop passes. And I'm talking to you, Kevin LeBanc. Those stupid drop passes. Anyway. He, he's doing his Eric Carlson impression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think Brendan Dillon, this is just an offshoot real fast. Brendan Dillon is so much more of a positive locker room off-ice influence than Eric Carlson is with his little bad habits. I'm just saying that. Hey, now. Yeah. Uh, Brent Burns, not hot. No goals in his last 12. Got absolutely torched versus Arizona. I mean, six assists and a negative two, dash two, if you will, over his last 12. But, dude, no goals in 12 games. Brother, and I, like, I know you're focusing a little bit more on defense lately, but, dude, get in the party. And then finally... Devin Dubnik, his last three starts, 885, 800, 865. And that's after his pre his three starts before that doing 944, 923, and a shutout. Oof. Man, the, these, the Sharks goalies this season, it's just, you know, world beaters or can't do anything. You know, the puck either looks like a beach ball or... Or it looks like a pebble. It's one or the other. <sighs> I really wonder how how much of that is on, like how much of those percentages are on him, and how much of it is on just the abysmal performance by the Sharks' defense. Uh, two things can be true, as Jerk likes to say. Well, I no, but Rocket brings a good point. I think it depends on who's in net, because how many times. Especially going back a couple weeks, you know, how many times did we say, well, Dubnik doesn't have a win and his stats are brutal, but in terms of saves, he's been the better goalie, you know, and Jones was getting wins, but, you know, to the point AJ likes to make, Chief was pulled, you know, every third game for like two months, it felt like. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. you're right. So it's kind of, and, and we've seen this before where it's like, and this is kind of something I've just been thinking about offhand, but it's like, okay, when Jones is in the net, it's almost kind of like, okay, Jonesy's our guy. We know what he's going to do for us. We don't need to worry about it. And then because of that, Jones starts to get shelled a little bit. But if you go back historically since Jones has been on the team, you know, Staylock, Dell, Reimer, um, even Dubnik now, where it's like, okay, this is, you know, Jones, you're not Jones, so we're going to kind of tighten it up a little bit. And I think that's why every backup the Sharks have had since Jones came to the team has been, you know, everything looks a bit more structured in front of them. At least that's kind of how I've seen it. Hmm. You know, Got it. We were talking, we were making our little food metaphors a minute ago. Uh, by Vince G calculation, uh, the Sharks need to marinate for, oh, five years. <laughs> uh, dude, that's going to be some tasty meat when we're all said and done. I'm just saying. It'll fall right off the bone. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the Sharks have 15 home games left. We still don't know if there's going to be any played this season that will see fans inside SAP Center. And and geez, how much does that suck? Because do you do you realize the amount of plans that were probably on the drawing board of, of involving the alumni and promotions because of the 30th anniversary? I mean, we remember all the stuff they did in the 25th. It's like. Oh, I, I just picture some warehouse 
in like Willow Glen or something that is just stocked with a whole bunch of like merch that they can't use <laughs> or that they'll eventually oh, use. they'll use it. Yeah, they'll eventually use it. They, just... they got their own personal team store website to run. There you go. <laughs> they can sell all of it whenever they want. <laughs> and it keeps evolving. Waiting waiting for Puck Guy to whip up a uh, <laughs> a version of the 30th anniversary <laughs> logo that just that just says like 30.5. <laughs> or you know like 30 and then like version 2. <laughs> <laughs> you right. Okay, let's... Uh, an asterisk, and then it says underneath it 31 or something. Let's go around the NHL. Um, the Buffalo Sabres, for those of you not paying attention, are winless in 17 straight games. Do, do you know how hard that Brutal. is? It's setting a league record. Like, you can't... The, dude, longest skid since 0506 when the shootout was introduced. But do you understand how hard it is to go winless in 17 straight? Like, you would figure... Just from dumb luck, you would at least pull one out of your ass. Like your goalie just for some reason has a really great game or something changes, but no. No. This, oh. And you watch, uh, I, uh, the, the, you watch the draft lottery is going to screw this team. <laughs> Not even kidding. Oh, for sure. Picking like sixth or something just for giggles because that's how this bad things are. This team is cursed. Um, okay. Let's uh, move on to something that I wanted to talk about for a hot second. Uh, Matthew Kachuk and Rasmus Anderson are dicks. Dicks. And let me show you why. Belief. And this happened right at the very end. Let's watch. Rasmus Anderson, he's going to take the puck away. Brady Kachuk's going to go get the puck for the youngster, Gustafson, first win in the National Hockey League. And then Matthew Kachuk shoots it down the ice. Hannafin has a few words. Well, Rasmus Anderson is a Swede as well, trying to take away the glory from the youngster. Dear Lord, like, I understand things are not going exactly the way you had hoped in Calgary, but geez Louise, man, you know, 22-year-old kid gets his first NHL win and you're going to be dicks with the with the game puck? Really? <sighs> yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is... Assholes. You know, if you, if you go and you look, you know, Rasmus Anderson, he ended up saying, he ended up saying, like, apologizing and saying it wasn't intentional and that very well that very well may be true on his part but to your point and to any point like if you're the losing team it's just tradition that like you have no reason to take the puck you lost so i don't even understand why the whole situation had to happen uh personal branding (laughs) oh no we're not back to that again uh, oh, it's an it's an overarching theme. <laughs> Speaking of the Flames, um, some NHL scribes say uh, Kachuk, Kachuk has been invisible since Daryl Sutter took over. Which, if memory serves, Jerk I think kind of had foreseen points on that. Uh, yeah, uh, I did, but you know, I want I wanted to let it percolate a little bit, marinate, if you will, marinate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the first nine games uh, with Sutter, Kachuk one goal, five assists, plus four. Previous nine, two goals, seven assists, but a dash two. And 
we know plus minus is negligible, but so far, uh, you know, what Jerk Jerk kind of called it so far, you know, six points with Sutter, nine points before him. Just saying. We'll see what happens. It, yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, in, in, in three years when he's traded um, to Pittsburgh, he's going to have a huge year. and staying with the flames because this is this is just fun um for those of you who don't know uh daryl sutter maybe didn't care for uh gaudreau's effort in his 499th game johnny plays johnny gaudreau plays 500 games tonight at the nhl level i'm just wondering you know, mostly as a guy who's coached against him and now working with him, what uh, what have your kind of impressions been of the career he's made so far? And, and then what are you looking to see out of him now at this point? Well, if you're just basing on his 500th game tonight, hopefully he has more energy than in his 499th game. Damn. Damn. I just, and I just like how the room just goes dead quiet and lets that sit there for about five seconds. The yeah. shade. There's the shade. <laughs> well, and it, you, any other coach would have like winked or smirked or like stuck their tongue out. But like Daryl Sutter, he's like all business. Well, we brought this up when, when it came out that Sutter was going to be back coaching. <laughs> All you have to do is look at the Flames roster and go, okay, who are the guys that that are like talent, skill kind of guys? I think Johnny Hockey fits into that mold, and that is not a Daryl Sutter player. We saw that's the way he would deploy Solani and Coral Uke when he was with the Sharks. It was always you always saw guys like Nolan and Ricci. Those were the kind of guys he likes. He likes grinders, bangers, power forwards, hard guys that are heavy. He does. Johnny Gaudreau is not a Daryl Sutter type player. Well, it's no coincidence either that Alexander Koryluk's best season in the NHL was the year Daryl Sutter got fired. <laughs> Shocking! Shocking! Well. I'm, I'm completely <laughs> shocked by that. Uh, let's move on to the story that we all wanted to talk about. Let's be honest, mm. and we'll we'll throw it up here. Referee Tim Peel no longer working NHL games. <laughs> so Chief got banned, got early retirement from the NHL after a hot mic moment uh, about a Predators penalty. Um, this apparently about Peel feeling the need to make a makeup call. Uh, I mean, how many times have we seen that? Uh, and uh, one of the... Um, the, the Preds, I think, said, you know, what if Detroit scores on that power play and Nashville loses by a goal and then loses a playoff point by a, or a spot by a point? You know, and that could happen. But to me, it's like this is just the tip of a bigger problem. And I thought Kerry Frazier's comments were, were more concerning. If you look at him, he, uh, you know, Frazier called it unfortunate. You know, and, oh, there's so many hot mics around in a rink now that officials can't have any sort of a private conversation what are you trying to have a private conversation for? <laughs> like, what do you, do you have to sit there and go, okay, um, so we've called two so far against Nashville. Uh, yeah, we got, we got to get one back for, for Detroit. Why? Well, like I just think... Dude, like, if, if just call. If, if it's a penalty, call it. You don't have to create one. 
Right. And I don't like I, the, I, the, the thing here that says, you know, Fraser added that, uh, you know, what was it? It was something about like, oh, yeah, having a no two games are alike. Uh, the great referees have a feel for the game. What, what feel for the game? Dude, just call the penalties. I don't know. I just think if you if you look at this from the perspective of like you know the the integrity of the game like I I I like the NHL doing this from the sense where it's like okay these co- this comment you know if somebody takes it and spins it a certain way you know you could question the integrity of the NHL and oh you know is it is it a fix is there a plan are we up to something here so from that perspective I I don't want to say I like the move but I understand it but at the same time and you know kind of off the air our you know our buddy ian reed he made the point where it's like the nhl is pretending like tim peel is the first ever referee to make a have a makeup call you know and and it, it's all just saying okay well this is the first guy who got caught with his pants down let's assign all the blame to him and move on oh it's and a to easy me, scapegoat and, and yeah exactly and from that perspective i don't think it's fair i think they fine him, they do whatever, but Chief is retiring in a month. Just let him finish his time. Don't let his last game be because of... Dude, this is know, his legacy something. now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like Everybody, every referee in the history of the NHL, 104 years, has done this at some point. Tim Peel was just the first one to get caught. And like I said, I like the NHL squashing any attempts to question the integrity, but at the same time, like the just the fact that they're pretending like Tim Peel is some some, you know, a wall soldier who's doing this on his own is ridiculous. <sighs> I can't. I just it, it, uh, one of the things that gets me, I'm a proponent for like adding a third ref in the sky. You know, the, the the other night we saw LeBanc get called for tripping and then the replay showed that he was actually tripped by his own teammate. Like LeBanc wasn't involved. Like we have it in the, we've seen it in the NFL where they'll like pick up the flag. Like how can, how can you not review? So, oh, you know what? LeBanc didn't actually trip that guy. So, okay, no penalty. Face off in the center. Let's go. I think if, if they can make that judgment where it's like, you know, the referees, they all put their arms around each other and skate towards that circle. I think if they can make that decision in the time they're skating to the referee circle, sure, change your mind. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, oh, we got to pick up to the phone and talk to our guy upstairs, just leave it. Well, I mean, they've, you know, they, dude, they're already like skating around with wireless mics. It's wouldn't be a problem to <laughs> skate. Not anymore. Well, <laughs> dude, I wonder the guy who let that audio through on the broadcast, I wonder if he got early retirement, but, uh, if they're already wearing wireless mics, you don't think that like the head official could have a, uh, you know, an in-ear talk back to an eye in the sky that they could just, you know, as chief is skating to have his little huddle, he gets a little guy, you know what, just saw the replay. Yeah, that wasn't a penalty. Well, let me ask you this. Do you want the referees skating around with an earpiece in while they're trying to pay attention to what's going on on the ice? Well, Chief isn't going to be talking to him unless there's something to say. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Have you ever had headphones in and you've been sweating? Yeah. That, that's all you need to know. Oh, brother. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I still you think know that because you know that earpiece. If they're sweating, that earpiece is going to fall out and it's going to be flapping around, and somebody's <laughs> going to skate over it, and it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah, or you get hit in the side of the head, and that earpiece gets lodged down your ear canal, and you can't work the rest of the game, or even the rest of the shift, or maybe in the next couple of months because you got a perforated eardrum. We don't want yeah. that, do we? Uh, there's yeah. some okay, okay. I get your points, but there's some way to make it so it doesn't take very long to say, "Up, oh, you know what? Not a penalty." Yeah, they calibrated that line, and you everything you're talking about is on the other side that they don't care about. Just imagine that, oh, yeah, you know, I had to retire in early because an AirPod punctured my eardrum. <laughs> uh, Come on now. Oh. Well, <laughs> like, that would suck. Well, dude, there's, it's, I mean, it really is a no-win situation. You know, because, you, you, you know, what if there's a game where Team A commits six penalties and Team B commits none? Like, you know, Team B had three days rest and team a is coming in, you know, playing their third and four nights, second of a back to back. They're tired. Uh, and they actually commit six penalties. You look at it and you go, God damn, you know, if you're rooting for that team and if team B, B plays clean, you're fine. But the thing is, you're still going to have people screaming at the ref or screaming that, Oh, the refs decided this one, you know, look at it. They didn't even call a penalty on the other team. You know, like you can't win. But it's funny to go through and look at so many games where it's like, hmm, penalties for, for Detroit, three. Penalties for San Jose, three. Or it's 3-4 three, or 2-1. Like, it's generally pretty close. Very rare do you see where it's like penalties for the Sharks, six, and penalties for LA, one. You see it from time to time, but I don't know. I just... I I like what you said, Jerk, where it's just kind of like, eh, Tim Peel is just a scapegoat in this. And it's like, oh, well, you know, the NHL's fine. We're doing everything right. Yeah, like it's it's unfortunate that he's the scapegoat because obviously he's not the first person to ever commit this. But at the same time, I like the NHL acting swiftly to ensure that nobody starts to question the integrity of the game. I mean, especially... You know, we know that legal gambling is down the road. How you know? Imagine, mm-hmm. let's just let's just say, you know, Joe from the bridge bets a hundred thousand dollars on there to be five minor penalties in the game, and then you know somebody calls a sixth just because they felt like it. Mm. Well, the- and, that, and and say what you want about gambling, but the NHL is really wanting everything to go off well with gambling because that's one of the things that's going to boost the salary cap. True. Oh, in a big way. But, you know, mm. how, how many times have we seen the excuse of, well, we can't blame the refs in this one because each team got three power plays, you know? Or conversely, the team would have won if not for the refs. <laughs> but instead of, like, I don't know, blaming your team for taking so many penalties? <laughs> uh, it's a, well, it's just, like, look, is, for as long as there's human officials, people are going to complain about officials. That's human nature. That the, hmm. they're they're going to get things wrong from time to time. Uh, will we have it amplified on a PA and on a broadcast? Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, let's move on here. The NHL Board of Governors has approved new rules for the NHL draft lottery that will help last place teams, but restrict perpetual losers. Hi Buffalo, uh, from winning multiple lotteries. So uh, the rules will be implemented beginning with the 2022 lottery. 
Oh, I can't wait to see how this works. So Toronto can't win five times in a row? Nope. Edmonton oh. can't can't win like three times in five years. None of that. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, the deadline is less than two weeks away. Uh, the other cool thing about this is Canada has evidently halved, halved, am I saying that correctly? Cut in half the time to wait seven days now, which seems like, hmm, maybe we'll see the deadline a little more activity. I don't know, but uh, let me see. Nieto and Sorensen, anybody else possibly leaving the Sharks? Yeah, yeah, Marlowe, I would say maybe Dubnik. Oh, yeah. Doobie needs to get his shit together if that's going to happen. The Marlowe thing, I just I just don't know. Like, I, like, I, like, let me ask you a question. If you're a team that's competing right now, what is Marlowe bringing to the table for you? Veteran leadership. Exactly. Can't you get that from, I don't know, Matt Nieto? Who has you know plays, you know is faster and plays uh, the the PK very well. Well, I think it depends on what your what your mindset is when you're bringing this bringing him in. You know what I mean? And and I've been. You, you can know, say veteran leadership, but it's not as a, if Marlowe has the uh, reputation of being the most talkative fellow in the room. No, sure, but what I'm what I'm saying is like you know I was every time I saw Marlowe on the ice this year, I'm and you know the offense is not there clearly and. You know, my brain is just hyper-focused to be like, well, this guy's not scoring. Why the hell is he playing? But then you kind of look at it. $700,000 playing on the fourth line. Like, there are worse guys worst guys to have on the fourth line. And, you know, on a good team, maybe he's a guy who steps into that fourth line. Maybe he kills some penalties for you. Maybe he's on, like, the... he. Maybe he's on the power play unit that's out there right when the power play is expiring. You know, like, he, he's, an, he's an inexpensive by and he's not somebody who's going to kill you. I think if you say, well, you know, we want to we want to unlock some of that 20 goal scoring he had before, I think your head is in the clouds, but if you want to if you want a stable guy who can win faceoffs and can skate and can kill penalties to play on the fourth line, I say you do it. I Why mean, the hell not? Especially I mean, if you can contribute right. to his, yeah, you know, I mean especially if you can contribute to his feel good story. Yeah, and I mean, how many times have we seen, like, okay, you have 12 forwards and six defensemen on the ice at all times, but how many times have you heard people say, well, you know, to really get to the cup, you probably need 15 forwards and nine defensemen? How many times have you heard that? Yeah. All the well, time. Uh, how many times have you said it? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. You know, I just think if, we, if we're saying, you know, what does Gabriel net at the deadline? I, I would, <laughs> The Sharks would have to give him away for free. But oh, somebody, dude! Somebody like, can I'll we get, this, can look, we include a palette of like 30th anniversary shirts for you? That's what I'm saying. And like, say what you want about Marlowe, where the offense is going, but it's like Marlowe is still like, if you're trading for him for the right reason, he's got value around the league. I mean, how we talk about one, probably once a week about wanting a fourth line that's not going to kill you defensively, and Marlowe brings you that. All right. So the those those are your picks. Like who who are you betting on to like most likely to get traded? Yeah, like put those in order. I would say Marlowe definitely last. I would say Dubnik third, just because he's talked he's talked about signing an extension with the Sharks. 
um, or at the very least wanting to. But you we and and I think best case scenario is trade him for something and then re-sign him over the summer. You know, I think that's the best case mm. scenario because he, by all accounts, wants to be here. You know, why not get something for him and re-sign him when it matters? Um, second, I would say Nieto, just because he's you know brings a certain skill set. Same to Marlowe. He's got the speed. He's got the penalty killing. You know, he's the guy who can do things for you on the fourth line. And then I would say Sorensen, number one, just because he's of no use to the Sharks. But um, <laughs> So why would he also, be of use to somebody else for double Nieto's price? Oof. Well, you can retain salary. And again, like I said, it boils down to having enough bodies to get over the finish line. And, you know, uh, there are some people who already have Sorensen penciled into the Calgary Flames lineup for that first game after the deadline. So we'll see. Would one of those people be you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't take credit for it. Obviously I read, um, somebody else's piece, but yeah, I would, I would, <laughs> you got their words. <laughs> I, I have a question and this is maybe not the right question, but I'll ask it nonetheless. Do you feel that there is any chance that they will trade Mario Ferraro? I think if Doug Wilson trades Mario Ferraro, he, he, dude, he might he, as well just make out his own pink slip the same day. I was okay. going to say, he should sure. either, yeah, he should probably be fired. I would say Ferraro is probably the only untouchable, you know, okay. it's like, yeah. and, and, you know, you kind of, you can say like, you can make the argument for hurdle or Meyer where it's like, yeah, these are young guys and you want to build around them, but they have value that will net you more things. But Ferraro, he's, you know, as a mobile defenseman, like those guys are kind of hard to gum by and you don't really want to just shed them off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So, oh, let's go on to our tweet of the week, shall we? <laughs> I always look forward to these. It's time for the tweet of the week. Uh, brought to you by the uh, Photoshop <laughs> whiz kid who came up with this. Uh, Nashville loves themselves some banners. Uh, if it, It's a shame for those of you who are listening to the audio version of this that you don't get the visual, but let me just... Spell it out for you. Nashville loves hanging banners. They have a banner that says regular season Western Conference champions. Thank God the Sharks got rid of theirs because that's a silly banner to have. But they love hanging banners. And somebody photoshopped it so it said a banner was hung for ended Tim Peel's career. Whoever did <laughs> this, you awesome. Definitely the tweet of the week. It's brilliant. Well, and, and, and as I'm sure you saw, um, you know, the Buffalo Sabres also had a, a meme banner raised for them, if you will. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, March 27th, March 27th, 2021, had a lead against the Bruins. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm about that. Oh, that is fantastic. Between between the Sabres and the Bills, Buffalo has no luck with with sports teams. Well, the Bills actually had a really good season this year. Okay. Yes, but but to Rocket's point, you take away that good season. Oh yeah, it's it's perennial suckage. They're like they're right and, up there with Cleveland. And you know what's really fun? About Rocket, you know, Rocket says Buffalo Bills bad, Buffalo Sabres bad. Jump on the old internet there, and you'll find out those two teams are owned by the same people. 
Oh, what are the odds? <laughs> put the, uh, this is this is a good space for the um, tax write-off. Uh, no, the X Files music. Uh, oh, sorry, my bad. Uh, hmm, I smell tax write-off. I, I, you, you, you point me to the sports mogul that had a championship winner and a seller dweller in the same season. You point me to that sports mogul. I cannot. I am unsure. Because and 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 I don't and I'll have to double check. I'll have to you know, I'll have to open up a textbook to check this out. But if I'm not mistaken, the Illich family who famously they own, you know, Little Newbie. Caesars, Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Tigers. I believe one of the years the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup, I want to say 2002, I believe the Detroit Tigers won the World Series that year as well. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look that up. I but, just remember the you, Illich family having a really good year. Hold on. You you <laughs> said that they owned the Tigers, the Lions, and the Red Wings, correct? Or, oh, my. Or did you no, say? No, the, the Red Wings, the Tigers, and Little Caesars. Oh, Little Caesars. Oh, okay. I thought you were. Oh, okay. The pizza. Yeah. No, 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 no. I get you. Um, But for some reason, I, had it, I thought I'd heard the Lions in there. And I'm going, well, wait a minute, because the Lions, not that long ago, lost every goddamn game <laughs> in, a, in an entire season. So, okay. Anyway, we, we probably dwelled too long on that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, giveaway time. Uh, with, with, I, look, if you follow us on Twitter, you saw it. I posted a photo. We've got some random things to, uh, to send out to people. So, we've been doing this thing about uh, leave us uh, – Leave us something cool on iTunes and give us five stars, and and that's been awesome. The people that have participated, thank you. And uh, CJ three thousand, I believe. Anyway, uh, received their prize. Sharks last it will receive hers this week. Uh, Beltran, uh, that should be going out this week as well. Uh, for now, if we're gonna give away something, uh, just leave a cool comment on this video. That's all, you know, whether you want to say, I completely agree with jerk that that was some bullshit or rocket had really nice hair tonight or I mean, just whatever, just leave a cool comment, uh, or ask a question, something, but yeah, leave a comment and we'll pick a, a random poster and let you know what we're doing next week. So I, and share it, share it with a friend, share the show with a friend. I, I, we'll we'll do that you, on the honor system. Can you, can you throw up, um, Benjamin Castle's? comment about June 04 two teams winning championships lightning and the pistons that's obviously oh. what i was referring to yeah because pistons obviously in detroit um but yeah so like here you know obviously to rocket's point sabers and bills both suck in this case lightning and pistons both good you know I'm you just, find me i'm just going <laughs> to go and say that the tampa bay lightning and the tampa bay buccaneers are not owned by the same people because <laughs> they had a yeah. pretty good season yeah, you. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like I said, you find me the sports mogul who's got, you know, who won the number one overall pick in the NHL and the Lombardi Trophy in the same year. Well, yeah, but how many, you know, as you like to say, sports moguls? How many actually own more than one franchise? Like typically, franchises are usually. There's a, yeah, there's a couple, but it's pretty far and few between. The, my my point in bringing that up though is, and I think Rocket would agree with me, where it's like even if you own two, like you own two teams in two completely different leagues, chances are your 
style of ownership and your way you establish a culture and a way of doing things are going to be pretty similar. Yeah, your your ownership style is going to be very similar. If you're tight with the purse strings in particular areas uh, in one, you're going to be tight with those same purse strings in another, and that might hinder the performance of each club. But it's going to save you money. So, <laughs> Fuck them kids. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, <laughs> you can follow her at rbackhander76. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at aj underscore strong. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear us chat about, send them along to at pucknologist on Twitter. Famous last words, rocket. Tell Matt Damon we apologize. We ran out of time, AJ. That poor bastard. Never going to be on. Hockey jerk. Uh, I have two things. Number one, I saw a really funny tweet that was <laughs> so. It's uh, a day that ends in Y, is what you're saying. Yes, um, it's it's a it's it's I uh, can't confirm this, but it's a conversation um, break uh, between Buffalo Sabers and Eric Stahl uh, breaking the news that Eric Stahl was traded to Montreal. It's uh, here's the transcript. Sabers, you've been traded. Eric Stahl gets in his car. Sabers, wait, don't you want to know where? Eric Stahl laughs and drives away. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 in this tweet, it was not the word laughs and drives away. It was a gif of um, a guy in a car smirking and then just peeling out, which was awesome. Um, and then the second thing, then um, this, if somebody refers to you as a bleached asshole, you should probably stay off Twitter. Back to you, AJ. Okay. Oh, okay. It took me a second to realize. Yeah, no, I know, I know who Chief is. I'm going to say, is this a person that shall we say uh, was previously employed as? Uh, how can I phrase this? An MC. For legal reasons, my response to your question has been redacted until 2028. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think we know. And uh, we'll get into that on Discord a little bit later. Uh, so with that, um, I guess my famous last words right now are, of course, uh, Joe Pavelski still leads the Dallas Stars. <laughs> 15 goals, 32 points, plus nine. Oh, Joe, keep doing it, man. Keep doing it. The Stars <laughs> suck right now, but, dude, you are a shining beacon in a galaxy of darkness right now in, in Big D. So just keep doing what you are doing. Love the, it. The thing, the thing we always ask, what do you think he would be doing if he wasn't washed up? Oh, just imagine. That's a damn shame. Just imagine. <laughs> Uh, do us a favor, subscribe to this YouTube channel, please leave us the reviews on your favorite podcast platform. You can find everything on tealtownusa.com, including our latest check-in with Kevin Kurz that we did just at the halfway mark. Uh, remember to check out the After Dark post-game show following every single Sharks game, and that is 126 in the bag. Happy birthday, Logan Couture. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and we will see you all back next week.